freedom and love What he's looking for Freed from desire Mind and senses purified Freed from desire Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the currently unnamed Fulham podcast. Um, my name's Jack. I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, we're going to be discussing everything Fulham from a, a slightly different perspective. Uh, my Myself and my co-hosts are all based in Australia, so we follow Fulham from the other side of the world. And so maybe some of our views might be from the other side of the world as well. Um, so what I'm going to do, introduce everyone on this podcast, um, I'll hand over first to uh, Sam Berenzi. Sam. Hi, I am Sam. I have previously been a bit of a fair weather fan, but I'm incredibly happy to be here now. I've been following the club circa 2007 and onwards, dips in between, but I can fully say I am 100% on board now and very happy to be here, Jack. Nice one, Sammy. And so started following 2007, but a few experiences before that as well? Yes, yes. My my brother was always a diehard fan. My first initial memory is having a very specific task to go to Craven Cottage when I was a very, very young boy. And I knew that my brother's favorite footballer was Inamoto. And my goal for that day was to get all the signatures that I could, but to target Inamoto. I reckon I probably would have been about like seven or eight give or take that, and just was targeting this very, very nice man um, with everything that I had. And I think he actually played probably at least 70 minutes that game. But that was just my focus in a very kind of spectrum-y sort of way. And um, from that point onwards, I kind of dipped in and out. I reckon um, 2007 to 2010, which was peak Roy Hodgson, and that was like Bobby Zamora, Clint Dempsey. I believe Schwartz had like just been signed from Middlesbrough. And um, yeah, that was the start of my brother inviting me to actually watch games with his friends. And oh, that, that, was, that was the time to become a Fulham fan. Like I, I, I still remember us beating Man U and I still remember us beating Chelsea. Um, I, I'll put my hands up and I'll say I don't actually remember the Juventus game. That's my, that's my, that's my toxic trait. But um, uh, from there, I kind of dipped in and out. But always, always said when anyone asked me what what team I supported, I always said Fulham. Um, and then, yeah, eighteen nineteen, I obviously really came back into it because that was like our time to shine again. And then the heartbreak took over. Um, and then the season following was lost on me a little bit. And then from uh, 20, sorry, not 20. Um, yeah, um, when we get, got back into the Prem, sorry, I'm, mix, I'm mixing up my years here. Uh, but when we got back into the Prem, uh, that was when I was like, okay, I'm fully on board now. And then went through the whole championship. And now we're back. And it is a time to be alive and a time to start this wonderful podcast. Well said, Sammy. Um, nice one. So, look, I'll uh, hand over to the other co-host for today, 
uh, we have Elton Berenzi. Elton, welcome. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Um, I'm going to probably rely on you to tell me when I started following Fulham, but it was a long time ago. We um, just said we, we all live in various parts of Australia now, but uh, we, we lived in England for many, many years, 14, 15 or so. Um, and how did we become Fulham fans? I think uh, it was an accidental um, a visit to Craven Cottage with a free invite for some tickets. Um, I, help me out, Jack. What year was that? I can tell you it was 1995. Um, so if people haven't worked it out yet, we are all related. Uh, so Elton is the elder statesman and Sam and I are <coughs> his sons. Um, so, yeah, we, we went to Fulham versus Carlisle, uh, 1995 season, 95-96 season it was. Um, Fulham at home, at Craven Cottage. Uh, Fulham won 5-1 from memory. Paul Pescasolito scored three. I remember it very, very clearly. Well, well, the curious thing was a good friend actually invited us along because his team, the Foxes, were playing in town. So we actually went along as sort of proxy supporters of his team. Carlisle fans for the day. Yeah. And uh, we, we didn't live in West London. We, we lived out in Berkshire at the time. Uh, so we made the journey. And I think it made a big impression on us. And uh, we just loved the atmosphere of the feel of the ground, like the feel of the club. And I think it, it, it grew from there. And obviously, having lived in Australia now for the last 15 years and tried to follow Fulham. I, I mean, I tried to drag you along and you definitely stayed awake for a lot of those uh, overnight games. But um, how, how has the journey of following Fulham since 1995 now? So it's all we're coming up for 30 That's years that you've been effectively following Fulham. Um, how, I know, it is, it's a really long time. Um, <clears throat> but... How, how, what's the difference been, I guess, since we we moved, we, we started supporting Fulham as a, as a family, I guess, back in, you know, the early 2000s properly when we used to go to games. How has that changed since we've moved over to Australia um, in actually trying to follow Fulham? Well, I, I think um, out, outside of the Premier League, uh, it's very tough. You have to be pretty dedicated. It's scratchy streams and, you know, ter terrible midweek games at ridiculous o'clock. And um, it, it's difficult, you know, many, many uh, late nights. But um, it's not a complaint. It's, it's something that you do with interest. But it's, it's definitely um, more enjoyable for so many different reasons when it's in the Premier League because you have better coverage and you actually uh, can watch it at a reasonable time. Um, but, al but also I think um, back in those days, it didn't really feel uh, like Fulham was a yo-yo side. It felt like we were, we belonged more in the Premier League. Maybe we didn't, but it felt that way. Um, we, I, I guess we didn't have a reputation of constantly being under relegation threat. Just didn't feel like that. Um, and and so in in recent years it's been um, you know it's it's been a sort of a harder thing to watch and be part of really. 
Um, I don't know that that relates to being in Australia in a long way away, but um, yeah, I think I, I think the 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 harder the circumstances, the, or the more barriers there are to to following a team, if you actually you know make the effort, you feel like you actually are really involved, and so you know to you know, if, if it was standing at one end and you could just walk in the ground through the turnstiles and turn up every week, maybe you wouldn't appreciate it as much as you do from a long way away where you can't walk to the club and buy a scarf. You can't just walk in the ground because um, there are tickets available. Um, and so you sort of treasure it a bit more, I think. Also on that note as well, it's difficult to be a Fulham fan in Australia because no one cares about us. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, Sam. Sam's in Melbourne, um, which is even two hours and sometimes three hours further on from from Jack and I in in Perth. Um, that's a big time difference, you know, even for a normal kick, normal time to kick off. So that's super dedication. The earliest it ever kicks off is what nine thirty on the rare seven thirty kickoff for us, which is what twelve thirty kickoff. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's relatively painless for us at 10 p.m. kickoff. It's it's a nice evening. My wife actually said to me last night, uh, "You might know her, you two. Um, we 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 were out, and she said, oh, I think I think we'll have an early dinner tonight.'" I went, "Oh, really? Oh, that'd be nice." Yeah. And when I got home, and and I said, "Oh, what time's the game on?" I said, "Oh, 10." She said, "You had no interest in going out for dinner tonight any later, did you?" <laughs> I think I can top that from going out with um, my partner and her friends the other weekend ago and me being like, no, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be committed. And it just clicked over 2 a.m. And I was like, ooh, my energy's fading a little bit. I know what I can do. So I had uh, Optus Sport popped up and I was watching Arsenal and Fulham have a very good scrap until the wee hours of the morning. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. I think you, you sort of touched on it before as well that, you know, it, the time difference is one thing and you can follow as much as you like. Sam touched on it as well. The coverage over here for Fulham is is sparse. Um, you know, obviously the top six are, are well represented in the media, but we don't hear as much Fulham news. We have to go to BBC Sport, Guardian, you know, the, the other podcasts that we listen to as well for all of our Fulham news jump on Twitter for, um, you know, the guys who follow it closely. It, it does, it is tough to follow, especially in those years where we dropped to the championship as well. Um, you know, um, I, I'm a massive Fulham fan, but I can save myself. I really have very little memories of our first few years in the championship, purely because I wasn't able to follow it. We didn't have iFollow back then, Um I don't think we, we none of those games were streamed in Australia. Maybe one, maybe two a year. Um, it, it got better in the last couple of years with um, with Ko being able to stream probably get ten Fulham games a year in the Championship, and then Fulham TV as well being able to give us access to the games. But <clears throat> it's tough when you're not in the Championship. Uh, sorry, it's tough when you're not living in in England and able to go to the games and surrounded by it all the time. You know. We, we've had the conversations between ourselves before when we were in the championship. I knew nothing about most of the teams we were coming up against. 
I was just about to say that to you, Jack, as well. If it wasn't for FIFA and Football Manager, I would have no idea, no idea what was going on those years. Oh, and even then, like, you know, you come up against the team and you hear the commentators talk about how great their right wing has been this season. And I have no idea about it because really we don't get the coverage of it. We're not around it all the time. We pick up bits and pieces. So being back in the Premier League is massive. And, I, and we definitely took for granted those great years um, in the sort of early to mid-2000s when we were flying high in the Premier League. And, you know, we just watched those games thinking that it wouldn't end and then it did end. Um, so you really do you do have to cherish times like this when we're back in the Premier League and not just back in the Premier League, but we're, we're competitive in the Premier League as well. It's been, been a, well, it feels like it's been a very long time since we look as stable as we, we have done in the last few weeks. So, but before we go on to actually talking about some of the football, um, I'll just go round and, you know, let's recap our, our favourite memories of Fulham over the last almost 30 years. Uh, uh, Elton, I'll start with you first. Oh, I'm hoping you weren't going to actually. Yeah, I was thinking the same. Um, but um, let me let, let me try and dig. Um, look, I think it's sort of a bit cliche to 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 talk about the you know the great European moments, which were obviously probably from an achievement perspective the the high of the highs, um, but certainly some of those. Um, the, the great escape, you know, can't can't forget that. Um, Kearney's goal at Wembley uh, to take us back to the Prem. Um, yeah. Do I need anything better than that? I mean, you didn't pick one, but you picked a few there, so I'll I'll give it to you. That'll be fine. Uh, I can see I can see Sam's face. So you've definitely I saw him crossing <laughs> things off a list just then. So you, yeah. with a highlight, I really, really like I'm clutching at straws here. Do you know what? Honestly, it's re- it's probably really unpopular, but um, one of my favorite memories is actually Schuler's probably one and only amazing goal that he did. I can't for life me remember who it was, but um, it was. Yeah, early last early last season. I can't remember the exact game, but I know the goal you're talking about. I just remember thinking his that. first goal for us. Yeah, I just remember seeing that and just being like, "This is the beginning of something wonderful." And I could not have been more wrong. Well, it was definitely the beginning of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, for me, like, I, like my because I'm a lot younger than than you guys. He's um, not huh? that much younger. <laughs> Not that much younger, but like my 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 memory is very kind of scarce. One thing I just always remember is just fucking loving Bobby Zamora. I love Bobby Zamora so much. Like I know I know he's not he's never been like I feel like he's never got the credit that he truly deserves from either England or across the board. Like I remember he was at West Ham or something or other, but for me he's always just been a shining light of Fulham. I mean, we're getting it again all over with Mitrovic but there's something nice about having like a good striker that's like got like a bit of flair and there's like aggressive as well um obviously Mitrovic is a massive massive upgrade but I got in, I got incredibly fond memories of like um good old Deuce uh Clint Dempsey um yeah that that that, that um um 07 to 
10 Roy Hodgson squad. That's that's very special to me. That's um I, I think I think I think um was it Jack, you'll be able to remember this. Was it Man U 5-2? Was that was that five um, one? That was, five one? Yeah. <laughs> like I I I I very much remember like the ecstasy of that moment. And just yeah, as you guys said, just feeling like we were part of something really, really special. And it hasn't felt like that literally until this year um, and what we're doing right now. You can you can argue that um, the championship, it did feel like something was like really special post-Parker. I'm sure we'll get on to all the Parker stuff at a later point. But like for me, for me, that's like my core kind of like home. I think we beat Chelsea that season, didn't we? Which season? <sighs> it might have been... It must have been uh, 07, because we were living at Eric Street. Possibly. Oh. Uh, no, um, yeah, 07, yeah, that, that sounds about right. We beat Chelsea 2-1, and Boa scored one of those goals. Yeah. Oh, I remember a 2 as well. I loved a 2-who. A 2 was great. And Duff, and Duff, a, a revitalised Duff. I love that squad. I love that squad. I, I love I love the way Bobby. I hope you're listening. Uh, not not BDR, Bobby Zamora. I hope you're listening. I, I think he'd be delighted to be mentioned in the same breast and the same amount of love as Mitro. Yeah, like for me, big time for me. Like, there's a reason Alfie's got 25 on his back. I want to keep that going as long as I've got. He was he was a he was a great player, and I do remember. And it's one of I wouldn't call it my favorite memory, but a, a good memory was when. Fulham came out to Perth, actually, and that was at the start of that Europa League season. And Bobby Zamora had come off the back of a pretty average season from memory, um, where <laughs> they were singing, when the when the ball hits your head and you sat in Rosette that Zamora, um, and he was he was really struggling. And he came out. I remember um, just thinking, like, oh. I don't think he's that great, but we'll see what happens. Him and Andy Johnson up front, you never know. And he just hit the ground running that year and was superb. And he got his England call up off the back of it as well and deserved it because he was scoring goals from everywhere. He was unstoppable. He's he's very similar to what Mitro's was like in the championship for sure and what Mitro's looking like in the Premier League already where you just give him the ball and you back him to score. Um, So, yeah, I mean, going... He could run a bit from well from memory, couldn't he? Because like I feel like um he, he's yeah yeah like yeah good good player. Um my my favourite ones I think probably would be my that early memory of that Fulham Carlisle game and seeing Pesca Salido score five and just I I followed him ever since after that and that's when I really started following Fulham and you know I, I'll admit early days I wasn't just Fulham I'd only just really started getting into football and you know hadn't really picked a team fully I I had a Carlisle kit I had an Arsenal kit um but every time I'd check the scores in the paper I remember looking for the Fulham scores and watching them climb up the leagues and and following them as closely as you could back in those days before Sky Sky well before we bought Sky to be able to actually watch other games and before the internet you'd be checking on on CFAX and seeing what the scores were and, you know, um, that that's a memory that will stick with me. That first time sitting in the, in the, um, sitting at Craven Cottage and, and seeing that pitch and it was all standing at the, uh, 
Is it the Putney Road end? Putney Road, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just seeing the club develop since then as well and going through the Alfired years and, um, yeah, so many good memories. The the two promotions, um, but, like, watching guys like Louis Saha playing, Steve Malbronk, um, and then on to Dempsey and Del Bele. Boa. Boa. Just like, you know, some of the legends that we've had over the last... 20 years, you know, you talk about Fulham legends and we go back, you know, to the 50s and 60s and talk about those guys. But really the Fulham legends that will be remembered in 50 years' time, a lot of them are playing at the moment or have been playing over the last few years. Oh, yeah. Tim Ream and Candy and Mitra will go down as Fulham legends at some point in time. They played. Mitra has got to get a statue at some point. There's no way he's not getting a statue. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far. If but... Michael Jackson gets a statue, there's no way Mitra does not get a statue. Uh, I'm not sure Sam's too far wrong, Jack. I think. I think you know. Once he, if he breaks the all-time scoring record, it's it's a chance. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be pushing a statue straight away. There's one statue outside Fulham, and it's Johnny Haynes, and he definitely deserves it. Um, I would I wouldn't be pushing much further than that for other players because uh, you don't want to be like some of those clubs who have like forty statues around the stadium. Yeah, or like Man City who literally just did like what it was like De Silva and all that. Like, Pretty much every player. Yeah, and you can hear Alfie knocking at my back door there. Can, can you hear that? Can you hear him? Oh, if he's wearing the shirt, let him in. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't ruin the first podcast with that. Yeah. People will definitely switch off after that if they think a baby's going to be. No, mate, we'll keep it loosey goosey. Um, what we'll do now, we'll just take a little break and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk through um, some more recent Fulham news. Uh, we're going to talk about the Tottenham game that just happened last night and uh, we'll also just give our, our little recap of the transfer window, how we think it's gone, give it a grade and, um, yeah, after that we'll wrap up our first ever pod and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, okay, guys, um, in the interest of trying to keep today's podcast short, as it's our first, we're going to just recap the Tottenham game. What I want to do, just have a bit of a roundtable, just with our sort of general thoughts on the game, rather than getting too deep into tactical analysis, as this is our first podcast. Um, Sammy, let's just have your general thoughts on how the game went against Spurs. I mean, it's really, for me, it's really hard to actually talk about that objectively after Robinson went off, because like, before that, I felt that we were in the game. Um, obviously, like I've noticed this season, whenever they stretch us wide, it really, really shows our weaknesses. When we have a bit more of a, um, a scrap in like the midfield, um, Alenia and Reed can kind of at least cover us, so we can have a bit more of that creativity going and actually have like a decent game. But like with Tottenham, their whole strategy revolves around like Son. And getting it to like Kane through like good service. And they had some really good service they were doing last night. I thought Ream was amazing. He makes no sense to me how he has developed in the past year or so. He's like, he's like a fucking Chelaney or something. Like he's, he's, he's incredible at the moment. Um, I feel like Tosin did all right. But after Robinson came off and Mbabu had to play out of position, I kind of just take everything with a pinch of salt after that. And I kind of can't really judge the game fully for what it is. Um, yeah, like after he lost the ball and then um, Hoivier just scrapped up and got that goal. Uh, it, it was a tough watch for me. It was really tough. Your thoughts? 
it's not an original thought, but I've reflected on it, and that how lucky are we that we even think there's a basis for being disappointed yeah. by being beaten 2-1? Yeah, I mean, how good is that? Um, clearly, Robinson Robinson's injury had an effect. I don't think he was playing mm. amazingly. I think he was also having his struggles before he, he, he was taken off. But... It, it it changed the whole setup for us. Uh, I felt sorry, but still a bit frustrated with Mbabu. Um, I thought that in the first half, particularly really early on, we defended really fiercely. It was pretty scrappy. It wasn't pretty, but it was passionate. Um, you know, it was almost a bit of park football clearances from the back. And just wild swinging in numbers because they are so good. They are just so good. And it's terrifying when and, and Jack and I sat and watched it last night. And you know, Sam was on the other side of the country. But you know, when 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 they come, they come in threes and fours and fives. And that's pretty tough for any team to deal with. And um, you know, we 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 struggled. We definitely struggled. But again, how good that we can walk away feeling disappointed. Like we actually thought we should be able to get something out of this. Yeah, 100%. It's a different position than we were in last time we were in the Premier League where we'd come to these games and you'd be thinking by how much, not yeah. can we nick something here. It's can we make sure we don't lose by five and screw our goal difference up for the rest of the year. Um, I, I, you know, I agree with what you guys both said. I don't think... Um, Mbabu, I think Mbabu's put in a bad position both positionally and for the goal as well. I don't think the ball should ever have been played to him and us trying to play out of defence at that spot when you can just lamp the ball upfield. Um, <clears throat> he had his back to, well, he was facing goal, had the ball passed to him on the touchline with a man marking and no other options. What he meant to do, he obviously lost the ball. We almost conceded again because we did something similar. Palinia lost the ball and uh, we were sort of saved by, I can't remember, was that the great save from Leno? I can't remember. Um, but, you know, I think really we, we it's proof that we just need one or two chances in the game to score goals now, which is a really powerful thing when you're in the Prem. The fact that we've got the ability to get the ball into Mitro, he had th- we had three shots on target last night that were all from Mitro. And all three almost made their way in, admittedly, too, with deflections. But we can prove that we can score goals or at least get really good looks on goal. And with a weakened back line, we managed to only concede two against a team who are scoring quite freely. Um, and also, let's be honest, Kane was offside. I, I still I kept on saying to Jack, I, I honestly, I'm not being a Fulham fan here, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. It, it, it was obviously marginal, but I reckon they're re- they've obviously given him the benefit of the doubt there, and I don't think they should. I think if you're slightly on edge, I didn't see them put the lines up like they usually do. It looked like Kane was just ahead of the ball, um, definitely ahead of the man, but maybe maybe in line with the ball. But to me, that's it's a really tough one. And when you look at it like that and say, you know, we almost got a one-all draw there, you have to remember, obviously, Leno made a couple of outstanding saves. Loris did too, but really, to come away from that game with a point would have been, I'd say, lucky. 
So really taking a 2-1 loss, I, I can't be pissed off about that. We're, we're playing really well. We've lost two games this year. They've both been 2-1 losses. Well, you know, the other thing you mentioned last night is actually we we play, and, and Silver mentioned in the in the post post game uh, chat as well. To be beaten two one when you are not at your best, not bad. Exactly, exactly. You know, we we that was probably up there with one of our worst performances of the season. I'd say it, and, it really reminded me of Wolves, and it was yeah. across the board. Yeah, it, it was across it was the board. I mean. Uh, you know, Bobby was ineffective. He looked like he was struggling. Cabano, too. Uh, Cabano looked he, he looked ineffective. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I think Kenny had a blinder. Yeah. Um, Tosin looked uh, worried me. Not not terribly. Let's not get under that. I do love Tosin, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Look. Uh, even uh, Pereira? Yeah, he looked a bit off last night. Uh, I think everyone, and, you know, you could easily put it down as well to the fact that we, that team played three games in seven days, eight yeah. days. Yeah. Um, they they would have been tired. Big, big games. Big they would have been games. tired. Um, so you have to take that into account. We we, we were up against a very good side um, who could have easily scored six against us. Um, and we did well to keep them out. So look, I'll, I'll, let's not talk too much more about Tottenham because we could easily talk about it forever. And you know, in future podcasts, we can spend a bit more time diving into the to the games. But what we'll do, we'll, we'll just to finish up today's pod, uh, we'll do a bit of a transfer recap. So what I want from each of you, um, your best transfer of the uh, of the transfer period, your worst transfer, and an overall rating. And we'll go from like an A star to an F minus. Um, rather than out of ten, because I think you can you can justify lesser grades a little bit better sometimes. So, um, Sammy, I'll start with you. Your, your best signing, your worst signing, and a rating for the for the window. Best signing, worst signing for me has got to be uh, you know. I like. I'm willing to give him my firstborn child at this point. Like I, I love I love that man so intensely. He's the only player I follow on Instagram just because I love him so much. If his girlfriend wasn't so pretty, I'd I propose to him myself. Um, for me, the worst has got to be Diop. I just feel that like he's been disappointing. Like Duff, like I don't, I don't ask that much of Duffy. He's massive and he's just like a wall. But I, I had expectations with Diop, and I feel like they haven't been met. Could turn around, but uh, altogether, I don't know. I just got to shout out Dan James as well. He's been in my FIFA team for years, so I don't know how I manifested that. Like genuinely, that that I I, I was watching him last night in my brain. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, anyone who knows me. That's that's got to be hilarious to them. Um, if only we actually gave him the ball last night. I don't understand why they didn't do the through ball. I like I was watching Reed um, go like basically one on one with him, and he was there to take off. And I'm like, that's why you bought Dan James to just through ball it to him because that's just what he does. He outruns yeah. everybody. That's that's his yeah. thing. He's the only player who can do that, um, aside from maybe Mbappe, and that's. Like how how much higher praise can you give? Um, but all, all together, I'd actually rate like transfer wise, I'd rate us maybe like seven point five to an eight. I think we've done some really good business, like sixty mil for all that we've got, and like Leno as well. He's he's he looks fantastic. I'm rambling. Dad, sorry, yeah, dad. <laughs> so so Sammy, give give us a letter grade. A letter grade. 
Oh, Christ. Um, I'd give us a B. I'd give us a B. Take that. Yeah, I think a B's. Yeah. About, about, about Not right. a B plus. Not, Not quite a B plus or you're giving a B plus? Yeah, I'll give a B plus because I just remembered A minus is a thing. B plus. Okay, uh, Elton. Um, you know, I think um, is is there anyone in the world who follows Fulham who doesn't think Bellinia is is the our greatest signing um, this window? He clearly is. He's great. A um, little bit scary that we don't have the backup for his inevitable um, sit outs every five yellows. Um, but I think. And he's on four as well after last night. Yeah, um, soft I thought, but anyway, um, I, I, I think it's 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 been discussed, and I think everyone would be very happy to rest him every five yellows. It's still a bargain, and we're still happy to have him. So he's great. I think he's just wonderful and just really, really good for our whole defensive unit. Um, I would certainly rate Leno right up there in terms of um, uh, a kind of genius acquisition. If you remember a couple of years ago, it was our keeper, our very great keeper, that was a very big part of, you know, why we even looked like we had half a chance. Um, He looks fantastic and he just seems to, he really seems to love being at Fulham. Um, which uh, obviously is 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 important. Um, I I also um, I, I like Pereira. He's been run a bit hot and cold, but we've missed that element of you know really good quality dead ball uh, and crossing. Um, we, we've missed that. We've missed that. And when he's on, he gives us something really special for me. Um, the most disappointing, I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but the most disappointing signing so far for me, Mbabu, um, he looks really uncomfortable out there. I, I know I know he set up Mitro for that great goal on the winner uh, within seconds of coming on. Um, he's, he's obviously not a terrible player, um, but and, and it's even okay for him to be a one-sided player, I mean, is there anyone more one-sided in our team than um, Jedi, right? But he still does a great job. But, yeah, sure. But he he just looks nervous. He looks uh, unsure of himself. I saw him uh, taking a throw in. He was literally looking down the line late in the game yesterday for for Silva. It looked like he was looking to Silva to to tell him where to throw it and what to do. So he he looked like he didn't want to fuck something up. And it makes me nervous. He makes... He made me know it's like an actor or a musician that isn't confident up on stage. The crowd feels awkward. Um, and I, I just hope he can um, find something to make him feel like he belongs. He's obviously a good player. I mean, he's Switzerland out rubbish. He's, he's, he must be a good enough player. I don't think our scouting could have been that weak. To, to miss the fundamentals. There must be something there that someone has seen, but I'm just, uh, not, I'm not feeling it. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I would say is that if you think about those terrible two injuries we copped, um, which, which probably 
made the management buy more players than they otherwise would have. Um, we, we've kind of got like a little bonus kicker here with when, when, when Harry Wilson, no one even talking about Harry Wilson and how he would, this, he would set this squad alight, uh, fit Harry Wilson. And we haven't seen much of Solomon, but he looks tasty as well. And when, when those two guys come back, you know, um, I, I, you know, last night when I, when I looked at the bench, I thought, oh, finally, at least he's got a, got something to play with here that he doesn't, you know, he, he, he doesn't, Silver doesn't only substitute um, a couple of guys anxiously in the 85th minute because the other two guys are knackered. He can actually make some tactical changes now. It didn't work out last night, but at least he felt confident to roll the dice when we needed to. And it wasn't just a defensive move. It was like, right, let's try it out. You know. So anyway, I'm rambling. But what would I give it? I probably, I, I'm probably a B as well. Um, I think the, the 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 secret sauce here might be the fact that we've got two quality players out injured at the moment, and when they come in, I think we get some kind of kicker that mm. we're not even considering at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, look for for me. Um, Without being too obvious about who the strengths are, obviously we've we've picked up Palinia, who's you know a top six player, hundred percent. I think Leno is a massive, a massive pickup. Having a good goalkeeper, you can't stay in the prem without a good goalkeeper, and he's making saves that I love Rodak, but he's making saves that Rodak just won't won't make, and definitely keeping us in games and will win us points, hundred percent, like Ariola did in the season, the last time we were in the prem. Um, <coughs> I think. The the new signings, I'm really interested to see how Dan James works out and I'm really interested in how we use Vinicius as well. He came on for a little bit last night and looked dangerous straight away. Just his physicality, he was really bodying those Liverpool, uh, Liverpool those Spurs defenders and causing a lot of trouble and just, just getting around it and looking dangerous. I mean, he didn't really get the ball at his feet much, but... He looked like he caused problems straight away. And, you know, maybe he opened up the space for Mitro because he, I, I haven't looked at it closely enough, to be honest, but the, the other centre-back would have been thinking, I need to be on top of Vinicius here and being worried about his positioning and where he is and giving Mitro that little extra bit of space and that bit of time to be able to put that one in the top corner last night. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how those two work out. Um, in terms of our worst, I'd actually say it's not someone incoming, but I'd say sending um, Tyrese Francois out on loan when we don't have cover for the position that he plays in that central defensive mid. Francois could cover for Reed or Palinia. I don't think he's good enough, but we don't really have any other options at that point. We're dropping down to someone at that point who doesn't really have any first-team experience. Um, so I think letting go of someone like that, I know we've, we we have Chalabar floating around, but I don't think he's that crash hot either. But I would have liked to see us keep hold of, of Francois and maybe Stansfield as well, but um, I'm happy that Stansfield has gone to get minutes But because uh, we have cover for Stansfield. We don't have cover for where Francois was playing. So I think that that's not the smartest move, but I, I hope that Silva's got a bit of an idea. He obviously has faith that 
we'd be okay without Francois. Otherwise, I guarantee he wouldn't have let him go. Um, for me, I'd say I'd actually say it's probably an A minus window. I think this is one of the more exciting windows we've had, where we've really added cover for every position, or at least strengthened every position based on last season's squad. So, you know, I think I think the squad we've got now is probably the best we've had since those mid two thousand years. We we have a striker who scores goals. We have a defence and a goalkeeper who look really solid. We've got wingers and midfielders who look like they can create stuff and make things happen. And we look like we could win any game we play in at the moment. Not that we will win every game that we play, but we look like we'll at least give every game a really good shake. And that is all you ask for as an armchair fan who stays up till midnight to watch a game of football. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. I, I agree with you um, about Vinicius. I We didn't see much of him. I thought he was really energetic. I thought he was incredibly up for it. And I'm excited to see what he's got. I really am. And wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we can find a way for him to be involved, not as a, a rotational, you know, you know, replacement for Metro, his legs are gone. If we can actually find a way to incorporate him in, into our 11, someone like that. Yeah, look, I think I think his role yeah. is realistically going to be back up and coming off the bench when we're down or we're, we're level and looking for a goal. Um, you know, you don't often see two central, genuine central strikers playing at the same time. You look at um, Spurs last night and you have Kane up through the middle and then Son and Richarlison either side and you see a front three often with a genuine left player and a genuine right player, you don't see two central guys playing together that much. I'd love to see it work, but we saw last year, I found when Mooney's came on and yeah, played with Mitro, they were just in the same position all the time. And actually, it kind of worked against us because the defenders just knew that they could both be there all the time and you'd cover everything. So, um, but look, I think overall, as we've, we all sort of agree, we've had a good transfer window. Um, and, you know, things look really exciting for the rest of the season. Um, so, look, what I'll do, well, what we'll do, um, let's wrap it up there and um, bring to an end the first episode of uh, our, yes, unnamed Fulham podcast. Um, we're thinking that's so... We're thinking that's so craven at the moment, which I have to admit I took from Reddit, somewhere deep on Reddit, uh, I'd love to credit the person, but I couldn't even find them now. So um, it's it's looking likely to be called that. So Craven, I'm I'm really liking that at the moment. Um, Can you do some quick thoughts on um, is it Chelsea this week? Uh, yeah, Chelsea this weekend. Uh, let's just rather than diving too deep into it, let's just do predictions for the game because uh, we might catch up midweek as well. Um, uh, Sam prediction. I'm going to be really controversial here. I reckon two-one Fulham, and I'll I'll discuss that at a later point. Well, um, I'd, I'd love to believe that, but um, I I think as choppy as uh, Chelsea are, we might have to score three to, to beat them. Um, so three-two, three-two Fulham. That is. Of course. Ambitious. Um, Ambitious. Yeah, look, I 
I think you need to be wary of a wounded animal. And Chelsea proved it last night when they bounced back. They were one 0 down against West Ham, and they came back and won, having you know lost to Southampton, struggled past Leicester, lost to Leeds. Um, I, I think they're going to come out firing in the West London derby, but Fulham two 0 Two 0 I genuinely Ooh. think. I genuinely think the way the squad is working together at the moment and the confidence that you can obviously see in those players and the atmosphere at the cottage. I know we're not there. I wish we could be there, but the atmosphere at the cottage um, yeah. at the moment, those home games, the, the place is going off every single week. And I think, you know, it's been a long time since we've beaten Chelsea. I think this week might be the week. I think if they, if they had lost to West Ham, I think they would have properly come out for this because they won against West Ham. That's what's tipping it for me. That's what's tipping it. Yeah, look, I, I think I think well, we've all tipped a full and win, which, let's be honest, we're playing Chelsea, who we haven't beaten for a long time, and we've all tipped a win. But re- really, I think if there's a time to do it, now's the time. I think we're, we're looking good, and I, I back us. I back us. So, look, guys, thanks very much for, for putting the time aside to do this. Um, Hopefully we can we can continue this on and and put out fairly regular podcasts for our listeners. We're, we're going to try and make it as as focused towards the southern hemisphere fans of Fulham as as possible to make sure that we we try and relate as much to people who are watching from down under, spending their Saturday nights uh, at home, sitting on their sofa till two a.m. to watch a Fulham game because they love the team. That's what we do. Um, and we know there are thousands of other people who do it too. So this podcast is for for all of them. Um, So, Sammy, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Elton, thanks. Good to be here. Finally. And uh, and, uh, come on, you whites.